You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey everybody, Trevor Noah here with another episode of The Daily Social Distancing Show. It is now day 13 of being stuck in the house to try and stop the coronavirus. And yes, I'm going a little bit crazy, but I'm also learning things. For instance, here's a tip to help you in quarantine. If you're alone and you're feeling lonely, all you need to do is take some pillows and you fill them up with potatoes, wrap them up in a blanket, stack them on your couch, and now you have a friend. Jerry, always fighting over the remote. Anyway, tonight, we're gonna catch up on all the latest coronavirus news, like Congress is giving everyone money, the royal family is getting personal with coronavirus, and Donald Trump teaches us about manners. So, let's get into it. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Let's kick it off as we always do, with some good news of the day. This morning, Republicans and Democrats in the Senate reached a deal to pump $2 trillion into the economy to help deal with this pandemic. It is the biggest stimulus in United States history, and it basically spreads money everywhere. Direct payments to Americans, expanded unemployment insurance, aid to small businesses, aid to the airline industry, and billions of dollars to help prop up the healthcare industry, which is vital right now. So all over America, people are gonna be getting checks from the government. And I know a lot of people out there are desperate for toilet paper, but please do not use those checks to wipe your ass. You take the check, you cash the check, and then you take the cash and you go to the toilet and you wipe your ass. Or you use the cash to buy toilet paper. I should have gone with that one first. But now you, now you know, if you, were, if you were already doing it, you were too fast, I can't help you. Now, apparently, Democrats and Republicans only managed to reach a deal after they agreed that they were going to include an oversight committee to make sure that all of this money is being spent appropriately, right? And there's also a provision that blocks bailout money from going to businesses that are owned by government officials, including the president and his family. Imagine that, hmm? In fact, just take a second to appreciate how strange it is that lawmakers felt that they needed to write in that the president cannot use this money for himself and his family. And even Republicans were like, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. We should include that. We should include that. Because don't forget, this is the same guy who took $150,000 from a small business recovery program after 9-11, and he didn't need that. So yeah, Trump would have looted the shit out of this fund. And even with this restriction, I bet Trump will find a loophole to try and get some of this money. He'll be like, Okay, Eric, if anyone asks, you're no longer my son. Oh, damn, Dad, is this a plan to get that bailout money? No, this is just something I've always wanted. In more good news, the Chinese government has announced that there has been so much improvement in Wuhan, the place where this whole epidemic began, that the lockdown will be lifted there in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, so basically, coronavirus is like TikTok. It started in China, but it's blowing up in America. And pretty soon, the people of Wuhan are gonna be discriminating against us. Yeah, they're just gonna be holding press conferences like, we need to shut down our borders to prevent the America virus from coming in. The America virus, yeah, that's how it works, right? You name it after where it is, because it's not in Wuhan anymore. So, you, America virus, yeah? But this news out of Wuhan gives me hope because it shows that the coronavirus can be beaten, right? All you need to do is wash your hands, 
social distance, and have an all-powerful government that can force you to do whatever they want. Yeah, because meanwhile in America, people are like, if I want to lick a toilet seat, it's my God-given right to lick a goddamn toilet seat. Mwah! So that's the good news. Money coming into America, and China seems to have coronavirus under control. Now, we need a little bit of good news every day because outside of that, the coronavirus is showing no signs of slowing down. The number of confirmed cases worldwide has jumped to over 430,000. Spain has surpassed China as the country with the most deaths after Italy. And even the royal family isn't immune. Prince Charles has now tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, so basically Harry and Meghan left and coronavirus joined, which is a pretty bad trade if you ask me. But don't worry, the prince only has mild symptoms and they say he's recovering. He's in self-isolation in his palace. Yeah. And I won't lie, the prince being in self-isolation in the palace sounds like the beginning of a very strange Disney movie. The prince was trapped in his castle until one day a fair maiden came to rescue him. Only your kiss can save me for maiden. Oh, a kiss? Man, you lucky if I wink at you from far. Get away from me. Meanwhile, across the pond, America is quickly becoming one of the world's coronavirus hotspots with over 60 thousand people now infected. Businesses are continuing to react in different ways to try and work through this. For example, airlines are now reassigning passengers so that nobody sits in a middle seat. And this is in an attempt to give everyone more distance from each other. Now, this is gonna be tough for airlines. And I mean, it's probably gonna completely destroy Spirit Airlines because they only have middle seats. Spirit Airlines, if you're still flying, you deserve us. Another company dealing with the coronavirus fallout right now is Amazon. Due to surging demand, they've been hiring more workers. And to help pay for it, Amazon is asking us, the public, to donate. So yeah, the richest company in the world, owned by the richest man in the world, is asking us for money. Which, let's be honest, is some bullshit. Can someone please order Jeff Bezos a conscience? With Prime, it can arrive within two days. In fact, screw Amazon. Gonna be asking us for money. You know what I'm gonna do as a protest from now on? I'm only ordering stuff from them once a day. Maybe twice a day, but that's it. But the big story today, the story that's got everybody talking, is that while more and more countries around the world are shutting down to stop coronavirus from spreading, Donald Jameson Trump is preparing for a grand opening. President sure. Trump now says he wants to reopen the country for business by Easter. Even as health officials warn the coronavirus pandemic will continue to worsen in the U.S. I'd love to have it open by Easter. Okay, I would oh, love wow. to have it open okay. by Easter. I will, I will tell you that it's right now. Easter is a very special day for me. And I say, wouldn't it be great to have all of the churches full? You know, the churches aren't allowed essentially to have much of a congregation there. So I think Easter Sunday and you'll have packed churches all over our country, I think it would be a beautiful time. Yes, President Trump says he wants to reopen America on Easter, which makes sense. I mean, Easter is about resurrection after all. I mean, happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. He meaning coronavirus. And I love that Trump says, Easter is a very special day for him because I'm willing to bet all five rolls of my toilet paper that he doesn't even know what Easter is about. 
Was he acting like it's special? I bet if you asked him, he'd be like, Easter is a very special time for me. It's the day a giant rabbit saved Jesus from dying on the egg. So special, folks. Now, you don't have to be a genius to see why the president's plan is alarming a lot of people right now. It's not just because it seems way too early, but it's also because he's saying he wants everyone to congregate together in churches around the country, which is the worst idea possible in a pandemic. This is basically every supervillain's wet dream, right? A big event with huge crowds where everyone gets infected by a deadly toxin. Trump is like the Joker, just with more makeup. And this idea is so insane that everyone from democratic governors to conservative politicians to the entire field of medical experts agrees that unless the virus is contained, people have no business gathering in large groups. And you know, it's so surreal that we ended up in a situation where the one person who doesn't understand how complex and dangerous this is happens to be the most powerful man in the world. It feels like if there was an asteroid hurtling towards the Earth, everyone would be trying to blow it up off course. And Trump would be like, I think we should give the asteroid a chance, folks. Maybe it's friendly. Look, it even has my hair. Because what's most mind-blowing about Trump's sudden impulse to get back to normal is that right now the situation is far from under control, especially here in New York, which right now has over half the country's confirmed coronavirus cases. It's gotten so bad in New York that the White House's coronavirus task force is advising that even people who left New York already should self-quarantine for 14 days regardless of where they are in the country or in the world. And that's gonna be hard for anyone who has to look after a New Yorker who's like visiting them. There's gonna be people complaining about their quarantined friends, just like, he won't eat, he says the pastrami's too dry and the bagels aren't boiled. I I tried ordering pizza and then he just cussed at me for 10 minutes. And with coronavirus cases not even expected to peak until two or three weeks from now, the city is already in desperate need for more hospital beds, more medical supplies, more ventilators, which literally keep people breathing when they can't do it on their own. And Governor Cuomo definitely doesn't feel like Trump and the federal government are doing enough to help. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo blasting the federal government, saying it needs to provide more medical equipment like ventilators. You want a pat on the back for sending 400 ventilators? What are we going to do for 400, with 400 ventilators when we need 30,000 ventilators? You're missing the magnitude of the problem, and the problem is defined by the magnitude. Yeah, man, I'm not gonna lie. I can see why Cuomo is pissed at Trump. If you need 30,000 ventilators, it's insulting for someone to give you 400. It's like seeing someone drowning in the ocean and instead of throwing them a life preserver, you just toss them a rubber duck. Here, at least you're entertained. And apparently, part of the reason New York isn't getting enough federal help is because Trump feels that Governor Cuomo is just too mean to him. This is an actual thing. Today, the Daily Beast quotes a White House official saying, if you're good and respectful to Trump, he will treat you the same. It's that simple. And yesterday in an interview, Trump said pretty much the same thing right out in the open. 
And uh, we are doing very well with, I think, almost all of the governors, for the most part. But, you know, it's a two-way street. They have to treat us well also. They can't say, oh, gee, we should get this, we should get that. Yes, you treat Trump well, and he'll treat you well. Or as he would call it, a quid pro corona. And so, as mind-boggling as it seems, while New York is in an actual crisis right now, with thousands of lives at stake and people actually dying, Donald Trump is asking people to be polite to him in exchange for his help. And so I guess to all New Yorkers, I say, give the president what he wants. Tell him, please, Mr. President, do your mother job. Anyway, while we've been going through this corona crisis in America, The Daily Show's Ronnie Chang has been stuck in Australia. There he is, Ronnie Chang. Hey, what's up, Trevor? Oh man, so good to see you, dude. What's going on? Uh, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm, I was actually visiting Australia when all this went down. Uh, I came here to pe pet a koala bear, and uh, all this stuff started happening. So I'm stuck in a hotel room right now, and I spent like two thousand dollars on mini bar peanuts. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's you got to be careful down there, man. There's a lot of corona cases down there. Uh, yeah, it's increasing just like everywhere, but uh, don't worry, I've I've been tested. Wait, are you being like, are you being serious? You've been tested, tested. Yeah, I got tested for the corona. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just had I to. Can't, I can't tell if you're being serious. Right? Did you really get tested? Yeah, I got tested. Yeah, I got. Oh, tested. okay. Like just just because you like because like you're on TV or just they're, they're just testing people. I I think that just I matched the symptoms because um I had a cough and I just came in from America. And uh, wow. they, gave, they gave me everything. They tested me. They gave me a pap smear. They gave me a pregnancy test. Uh, <laughs> I, I had the whole uh, everything. I did every exam I could in that place. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds unnecessary. I don't know why you did the pregnancy test. Oh, but you, you'll be glad to know that I'm not pregnant, by the way. Well, I mean, that, that's obvious. You were never going to be pregnant. I'm also not whatever the pap smear test. I'm not that either. I, I don't think it's testing for a thing to be. I think yeah. That, well, look. Anyway, anyway, I'm just, I'm just I'm saying. Perfectly healthy. The point is, I'm perfectly healthy. Yeah, and the point is, it seems like it's really easy to get tested in Australia, much easier than it is in America. Yeah, well, it's like it's impossible to get a test out here. Yeah, I'm hearing stories again. I haven't been in America for like four weeks now, but uh, if it makes you feel any better, the corona test doesn't feel great. Okay, you, they, they stick that swab way up your nose. It touches the back of your back of your nasal passage. It's it's like an anal probe on your nose, man. It's it's not good. Wait, so then it's like stick the thing up your nose. Oh, and they then, stick it up and then they yeah. twist it like that. Like they're digging your nose for you. Yeah, but not. It feels like uh, it feels like someone's trying to scratch your brain. Damn. Oh, that sucks. Well, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that you had to get the test. I'm also sorry that now you're stuck in a hotel, social distancing. That must like be double oh. the pain. No, no, I'm I'm fine, man. I love social distancing. I, I love this is my jam. I love this stuff. I get to watch TV all day. I can eat whatever I want. I wake up whenever I want. I don't have to wear pants. I'm not wearing pants right now. It's it's the best. Yeah, but what about all the people who love you? You don't get to see them. And those those people are the worst, by the way. People who love you are the worst. They hugging and kissing and rubbing is every every form of, of affection is like a corona bomb. No thanks. Wow. Okay, so if it was up to you, you'd just be interacting over like video calls and stuff. That would that would be your life. Absolutely. In fact, I, when this thing is over, I hope this is the only way we interact. I mean, I don't have to smell your breath. You know, I I don't have to 
I don't have to like uh, be in contact with your bodily fluids. And if I get bored, I can just pretend I'm having problems with the Wi-Fi. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's one way to look at it. But then, like, what about like work and hanging out with your friends? You you always said you loved hanging having lunch with me every day. So I mean, yeah, that's, actually, that's sorry, Trevor. I'm sorry. The Wi-Fi in Australia is actually really really bad. So uh, I I I can't hear you anymore. I'll I'll just talk to you later, man. See you later. Oh. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh man. I hope Ronnie fixes his Wi-Fi soon. Anyway, we'll be right back after this with former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. So, don't go away. As we've seen lately, the President of the United States is not a trusted source of coronavirus information. So, I thought we'd talk with someone who is an actual expert. Former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. All right, so first things first, welcome to the show, Doctor. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Great to be with you, Trevor. Well, thank you for being there, and then thank you for talking to me here, I should say. I feel like we have to change our language for the world we live in now. Um, you're one of the few people who has a unique insight into what is happening now. As somebody who served as the U.S. Uh, Surgeon General, you had a very specific job, and that is essentially keeping the nation healthy. And you've commented on how unfair it is to send doctors in to fight the coronavirus when the government is not giving them the equipment that they need to protect themselves. What do you think people are missing about the fight doctors are having with this virus? Well, Trevor, this feels very personal to me. You know, it, it, it is my friends, my family members and colleagues who are on the front lines now of the war that we're waging uh, with this new virus and a very dangerous virus. And we're asking them in many cases to go into battle without the armor they need. There are doctors who are having to reuse masks because their hospitals are running out, even though they know that puts them at greater risk. There are doctors who are running out of gowns and gloves. There are hospitals that are running out of ventilators, and they're trying to figure out how to use one ventilator and share them between two patients at the same time. So it is not wrong to ask doctors and nurses to work hard. It's not wrong to ask them to sacrifice to take care of their patients. But I believe it's wrong to send them in without the protection that they deserve. And that's why as a country, we need to be pulling out the stops on ramping up production of all of the materials that they need. It's not enough to say, we'll do it when we need it. It's not enough to say, well, it's up to somebody else to solve that problem. Like at all, every level of government, we need to be making this a top priority because doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers are putting their lives on the line for us, and it's high time that we had their backs. A growing consensus uh, that's starting to emerge both online and unfortunately in the White House is this idea that the cure, which is social distancing, et cetera, as some people are, are calling it, is going to be worse than what is being caused by people being unemployed, et cetera. What do you think people are missing when they say, we're just going to have to live with this, allow people to get sick and accept that some people are going to die? Well, I think it's look, important to consider the, the pros and cons of every approach. And let's be honest, there is no perfect approach here. Uh, but it is, I think, a false choice to say that we have to choose between people's lives and the economy. Because the real way uh, that we should be addressing this virus is to recognize that the way we save the economy is actually by defeating the virus. Unless we take these steps and make sure that these are in place, uh, we really should not be thinking about pulling back. That is a recipe for making the situation. The situation both the health and the economic situation much, much worse. Before I let you go, um, you have a book that is coming out that speaks to a situation that we all find ourselves in right now, and that is we're isolated from people that we know and love, 
Many people are forced to stay at home either by themselves or not with the community they used to. You write in your book about how society is struggling with a new disease and that is essentially loneliness. What are some of the things people can do to try and maintain their mental health as well as their physical health? I'm so glad you asked, Trevor, because it's important not just because loneliness makes us feel poorly, but also because we now understand that chronic loneliness is actually bad for our health. It increases our risk for heart disease. It shortens our, uh, it's associated with a shorter lifespan. But there are things that we can do to ensure that we strengthen social connection. And as hard as this time is, I think that we can potentially come out of it even stronger if we do a few things. So number one, I think it's important that we spend at least 15 minutes a day, if not more, engaged with the people that we love, whether that means video conferencing with them, writing to them, calling them on the phone so we can hear their voice. The second is it's really important that we make that time count. And that means improving the quality of our time with others by decreasing the distractions that we experience during our interactions. So instead of talking to somebody on the phone while you're also scrolling through your social media feed and refreshing your inbox and watching the news on TV, just try talking to them with your full attention. One of the greatest gifts that we can give people is the gift of our full attention. And finally, it's important also to recognize that one of the back doors out of loneliness, if you will, one of the great but hidden solutions to loneliness is service. It's by helping others uh, that we actually take the focus off of ourselves and place it on someone else. It's how we rebuild a connection to someone or establish a new one. And it's also how we remind ourselves that we have value to give to the world. Mm-hmm. Because one of the great prices that we pay when we're lonely is over time we start to buy into the idea that maybe we're lonely because we're not likable. Maybe in some way it's our fault. Maybe this is evidence of some personality flaw. And none of that is true. But when we serve other people, we're reminded of how good it feels to connect and that we have something of great value uh, to bring to them and to others around them. Well, Doc, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the words. Uh, Hopefully people will listen and we'll be seeing you on the other side. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Trevor. Take care and stay safe. All right, that's it for today's episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. But as always, before we go, we want to ask you to please donate to nokidhungry.org to help kids get a good meal while their schools are shut down. And to help in New York City specifically, please go to cityharvest.org and give whatever you can. Stay safe out there, wash your hands, don't touch anything, and I'll see you tomorrow. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.